get in God's word. If you have a Bible, you can turn to Jonah chapter 2. If this is your first Sunday here, or maybe you missed one or two, we're going through Jonah to close out the semester. And um, the theme tonight, today is a transformed heart. I don't know if you remember, both Maggie and I, when we taught Jonah 1, talked about how God's heart and Jonah's heart didn't always line up. In fact, the beginning of Jonah, God is calling Jonah to go do something. And Jonah, who's a prophet, so, you know, in a way, like a very hyped up, like, pastor, like someone who, when he spoke on behalf of God, everyone listened. And the problem with Jonah in the first chapter is Jonah gets a command from God, and normally, when a prophet heard that, they would say it, right? They would speak on behalf of God, the people listened. Jonah didn't like what God had to tell him, and honestly, what we're going to learn today on how Jonah has a transformed heart, Jonah is like us, right? Like we, some of us have grown up in the church, maybe some of us would say we're Christians, and we hear God calling us to do something, and our hearts don't always reflect the way that it should. Our hearts aren't always changed, right? And so we're going to talk about this transformed heart today. Um, if you take notes or you just want to know the things I'm going to talk about today, my next thing is the main ideas, right? If the main idea is Jonah has a transformed heart, I'm going to talk about that in three ways as we unpack Jonah 2. So we're going to talk about how Jonah's fall, how Jonah is literally swallowed by a fish. We're going to read a little bit more about that, but he falls farther down and down into the sea. And the writer of Jonah, Jonah himself, but even what pastors would say is that's a representation. He's getting farther from God. He's fallen. Uh, the second point would be Jonah's forgiveness. He has a transformed heart because he experiences the grace of Jesus, essentially. What we would say is for us, the transformed grace of Jesus. God meets him in one of his lowest moments. And finally, we're going to talk about Jonah's freedom. Since his heart is transformed, he's called to go do something. And um, if you're familiar with the story of Jonah, he doesn't do it perfectly. He is going to get frustrated. But we do see Jonah's transformed heart when he meets God in the belly of the fish. Uh, so uh, if y'all want to stand, I'm going to read in Jonah 2. So go ahead and stand up. We have it on here if you don't have it in your Bibles. But I'm going to go ahead and read Jonah 2. It's 10 verses. Then I'm going to pray. Because uh, one thing, some of you may not have heard me say this because you're new here this morning. Every time we read God's word, he speaks to us. So I could read and pray. You might not remember my three points, but if we read God's word and we pray, the spirit will speak to us. But we're going to talk about that. So I'm going to read out of Jonah chapter 2. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish, saying, I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight. Yet I shall look upon your holy temple. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped about my head at the roots of the mountain. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought me up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord. And my prayer came to you into your holy temple. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out upon the dry land. All right, I'm going to pray, and y'all can take a seat, and we're going to talk about Jonah chapter 2. God, thank you for this morning. Lord, thank you that we can get in your word. Thank you that, like Jonah, we can wonder, but you call us back. And so, Lord, may we learn about that this morning. If we feel distant from you, may we see how you love us and you pursue us even when we don't feel it. But Lord, like Jonah, may our hearts be transformed because of that. To your son's name we pray. Amen. All right. So we're going to talk about Jonah's fall. Um, so 
if you are maybe a little bit unfamiliar, chapter 2 starts with Jonah getting swallowed by a fish. Um, one thing we see in the book of Jonah is I already kind of prefaced this, that Jonah had a call from God, and Maggie and I both taught on this. He basically went far away. He went as far away from the call as he could or he tried to. And in that, God brought punishment. He brought judgment. He brought a storm, right? So there's a giant storm, and they're trying to figure out why there's a storm. They have no idea why this storm's happening. And Jonah finally comes to the realization of, I'm running from God. If you throw me into the water, you will be saved. And so Jonah gets thrown into the water. We have a picture of kind of what it could have looked like. We don't know what the fish was, but that looks like a big fish that could have swallowed Jonah. And so Jonah is cast into the sea. Um, what we see out of that, if you will, is that Jonah ran from God. There was punishment, but God still saved him. Um, I kind of put it this way. This, while it's a story of punishment, it's also a story of grace. Like, I think some of you have little siblings, and maybe they try to touch a light socket or run out into a street, right? They think it's good for them, or maybe they're just being rebellious, and they want to do that. And maybe you or a loving parent would keep your sibling from touching that socket or running out into the street. And there might be, like, to the child, that tone might not seem very loving, right? Maybe the child is upset because they want to do something, and they're being protected from something. That's what we're seeing with Jonah and what we're going to talk about more today. But as we talk about Jonah's fall, I first want to start off, the reason he's in this fish is God is saving him. God is showing Jonah. He's letting Jonah, first off, run after his sin. God's word tells us in Romans that we run after our sin. God lets us do that. But then God, being a loving father, doesn't let Jonah stay there. He brings a storm and he brings a fish. And what we're going to see as we continue to talk about Jonah, too, is the way it's kind of written, too, is the fish is going deeper and deeper and deeper into the water. And the people who would have read this would have made a connection. The farther that Jonah was going, not only was he running from God as far as place, but the fish was taking him farther down and farther down. And so Jonah might at this point in his life feel very far from God. Maybe for you this morning, you can think of a moment of when you did something you weren't supposed to do. God's word tells us what sin is. And so maybe for you this morning, you've done something and you felt really bad. Or maybe you've done something and you felt like God couldn't love me because I did this. It's kind of where Jonah is because the way that jo we want to see this in Jonah too is Jonah is going farther into the sea. It feels like he's getting farther from God. But what we're going to learn in this next point is how God meets him at the farthest of the depths, if you will, the farther and farther he goes down, God meets him. Um, two different pastors I listen to kind of talk about it this way. Uh, there's a guy named Derek Thomas who kind of said the way that you look about, about this is it's God's punishment to Jonah. And he's bringing him kind of to this hospital. Oh, well, Calvin said it was a hospital. Um, but this guy, Derek Thomas, was basically saying that it was a, a holding place. It's kind of like time out. You know, he's kind of saying Jonah was in time out because he was disobeying and God brought him to a place. I also like what John Calvin said, and this is a hospital, because Jonah's really hurt right now. Have any of you felt that before? Have you ever felt hurt by God? Maybe something didn't go the way that you wanted, and God is, in his grace, bringing you to realize that, but you feel hurt? That one's Jonah. And so I really love that Calvin is going to say this is a hospital, because God meets us when we're hurt. And we're going to talk about this, but Jonah was in this fish for three days and three nights. That's really important. We're going to talk about why later. So next I want to go to Jonah's forgiveness. And so Jonah is cornered, right? He's, he can't go anywhere. He's in the bottom of the sea, basically, in a fish. Um, and 
Maybe for you, as I was communicating a little bit earlier, you can feel far from God. What does God do when we feel far from him? Can you go ahead and put that picture up for me? So I did a gap year program. This is us at the end of it. We look a lot more clean. We're all cleaned up because we're about to graduate. We were real excited. Um, I worked for a camp called Pineco. And this gap year program I did, I'll never forget. I learned what happens when you're squeezed because that's what's happening to Jonah right now. He's squeezed, if you will, at the bottom of this ocean in the fish. And this group of people, well, we all look cleaned up right here, but honestly, not that long ago in a November, it was cold and rainy like today, we got dropped off in the middle of East Texas. Uh, we got dropped off in our van, like out of these vans, and they said, hey, you don't get to bring any clothes, you don't get to bring a backpack, what you have on you is how you're going to survive for three days. And so um, over the three days, especially night one, it was raining and we had to start a fire, because if not, we were going to freeze, it was 40 degrees in the middle of East Texas. And um, all throughout the three days, we, we kind of got a little bit of food because every now and then they would give us some canned beans to try to figure out what to do with it. Um, and they gave us a little bit of water because they didn't want us to dehydrate. But I'll never forget my time on that trip because you saw people experiencing something really hard and responding really differently. You saw some people the night one, like they were just so upset and they were so ready to go home that all they could do was cry the first few moments. Uh, there were some of us who were like, okay, we got to step into action. we got to make a fire, because if we don't, we will freeze overnight. Uh, and so we were in a situation, the director kind of wanted us to see, what happens when life gets hard? How do you respond? What happens when you get squeezed? What we see with Jonah right here is he is squeezed. He is running. He experienced a storm, right? So he, all these fishermen thought they were going to die because the storm was so bad. Then Jonah realizes, not knowing what's going to happen, the storm's there because it's his fault. So he jumps into the ocean, not knowing what's going to happen. And a fish swallows him. And then I want to read this a little bit one more time. Because what we see here, this is Jonah's prayer. There's a guy named Dr. Sinclair Ferguson who said, if you opened Jonah 2 and you had no context of what we were reading, you would think it's a psalm. Because Jonah, when he is squeezed, what's he doing? He's praying. Because Jonah, though he wandered from God, he was, rem he was reminded of how good God is. He was reminded when he was squeezed that God called him to do something and loved him. And so I'm going to read verse 2. I could read the whole thing, but just to kind of set the context for how we continue to talk about how Jonah is forgiven. It says, I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and, surround, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. And I could keep reading, but what Jonah makes a connection with here is when he is squeezed, that first he was there because he sinned and he ran from God. And God being loving didn't let Jonah stay there. He chased after Jonah. And so when Jonah is stressed, what comes out of Jonah is praise. What comes out of Jonah is how good God is. That was the same lesson I am out of the story I wanted to share. Our director wanted us to see, when life is hard, how do you respond? I've done this with oranges before, but what I really want us to see and what Jonah sees here is, when you're squeezed, is praising God going to come out or are you going to be upset about your circumstances? Jonah honestly could have thrown a pity party being in the fish. He still could have been angry at God, but God met him there and he showed Jonah that Jonah's heart was not the heart of God, that Jonah had wandered off, a prophet of God had wandered off from what God had told him to do, and God met him in the bottom of the sea and called him to live differently. So I want to hit on one more point before we close today. Let's talk about Jonah's freedom. So what I think is really cool 
about this story is I think we identify with Jonah so much. We may not think that, but we run from God or we try to run from God all the time. I don't know how many of you, when you sin or when you do something and you feel God telling you that's wrong, run to your parents. When I was a kid and when I was your age, or I mean, my mom's back there, she's got plenty of stories. Like I remember when I wrecked a car that she had to deal with. Um, I remember like feeling ashamed and feeling just so far, like what would happen, right? Like when we sin, we try to run from conflict. We try to run from God because we think he's disappointed in us. We think he's frustrated with us. We don't want to be near him because of our shame. And that's what Jonah was feeling. But then when God meets him there and Jonah writes this psalm of worship, he's praising God, even though he's in the belly of a fish, his heart changes. And again, when we get to Jonah 3 and 4, we're going to see how Jonah doesn't do that perfectly. But we see in this moment that God met him. Derek Thomas kind of worded it this way. He rediscovers the grace of God because Jonah knew the grace of God. I think all of us in here, or most of us at least, if you've grown up in the church, you've heard about how good God is. You've heard it in Sunday school. You maybe have heard it at home. You could tell me how God is good to people. But then what happens in your life when God is good but hard things happen, right? I think sometimes we like to believe that when hard things happen, we did something wrong. Sometimes that's the case. Sometimes that's not the case. Sometimes life is hard and it squeezes you, right? And so how do we respond to that? If we believe that God's grace is true in our life, uh, you know, I could get into details, but there's several times, even in high school, where I lost a few friends, and it was hard. But I remember how God was present with me in these different moments of my life. And maybe for some of you, you haven't experienced that. Maybe you haven't had a hard moment yet. What I want to encourage you with is what we see in Jonah's life before this moment. Before Jonah runs from God, I told you, like in 2 Kings, Jonah had a ministry. Jonah was already being used by God before he ran from God. And so when Jonah is put in the belly of a fish, he knows he can praise God because he spent time with God. You know, a word we like to say is abiding. We're delighting in God. Um, some of you do family worship, and that's awesome. I hope you do that. Maybe some of you don't read a Bible outside of Sunday or Wednesdays at small groups. I want to encourage you to spend time with God and his word and prayer. Um, a way that Pastor Pete Haddon says it, and I think it's so beautiful, and I think you've heard me say this, is if God tells you, or if your parents, for example, tell you to, after church to meet them out there in the foyer, and you're in the gym, you're not going to see your parents because they're out there and you're in the gym. God has told us he meets us in his word and prayer and the sacraments. And if we spend time with God and hard things happen, we know that God is real in our life because we've spent time with him. But if you don't spend time with him, I think my favorite example um, you know, I'm a big Mavericks fan. I love Dirk Nowitzki. I can tell you all Dirk's stats. But if I met Dirk Nowitzki and I told him all these stats, it'd be creepy because Dirk doesn't know me. I just, you know, he started playing in the NBA when I was eight. So I watched Dirk his whole life or my whole life play basketball. But that's not a relationship, right? You can tell people facts about God, but if you don't spend time with God, when hard things happen, it's not real. And that's what we see with Jonah. And so before uh, we get to the last picture and we do questions, I want us to think about this. Jonah is an appropriate and a really cool picture of Jesus. Because what we see in Jesus' life, Jesus didn't run from the call of God, Jonah did. Jonah ran from the call of God because he was scared. Jesus, after Adam and Eve sinned in Genesis, knew that he was going to have to do something we couldn't do because we like to run. We don't like dealing with our sin. Jesus knew that he had to live a perfect life because we didn't want to deal with our sin. 
And he knew that, for example, like it talks about how Jonah got swallowed by fish and descended for three days and three nights. Jesus, before he died for our sins, because during Jonah's time, talked about how when Jonah would sin, what he would do was he would make a sacrifice. He would kill an animal to cover but not remove his sin. Because you couldn't remove your sin totally until Jesus came. And Jesus came and died for those sins. And he, God's word, the creeds tell us, he was dead for three days. It talks about how it descended. Jesus descended into death for three days. And then, like Jonah got spit out, Jesus rose from the grave because he's God. And why does that matter? It matters because if you're like Jonah and you're facing your sin, you're not facing it alone. Jesus experienced everything we face, yet he didn't sin. And because of his love for you, he says, come to me when you sin because I love you. And so we're going to have some questions come up. I'm going to pray for our time. But here's how we're going to do it today. I know some groups finish a little earlier than others. If your group finishes and there's still groups going on, go out into the gym and hang out until we're done. We don't want to end discussion for other groups. But I want us to see if, uh, Jonathan, if you could go back to those three main ideas for me real quick is what we talked about today. Jonah's heart was transformed because though he fell from God, he was forgiven. He understood that he was forgiven. And because of that, he could experience the freedom that we have in Christ when we repent of our sins. So I'm going to pray. Um, fifth grade, thank you all for being here. I think after this, you all are about to go to something next. So after I pray, if you all want to follow the leaders, and then uh, middle school, I'll tell you all where we're dividing up for discussion questions. Okay, thank you all. God, thank you for this morning. Thank you that because of Jesus' death and resurrection, we have a high priest who's near to us, who experienced everything we did, but he didn't sin. And so, Lord, if we have sinned this morning, can we see how you are better and greater than anything we've experienced? And we can come to you because you love us. Lord, may we, as we discuss these questions, understand how, though we're like Jonah, we can also repent like Jonah. Thank you for the hope we have in your son. It's his name we pray. Amen. Awesome. Thanks for